Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are ASAP Science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about population decline. So the population on Earth is going to start to decrease soon. This is existentially scary for a lot of people. It's also promising for other people. We're going to get into this controversial subject. But first, we're going to talk about FOMO and having kids and whether India has actually passed China when it comes to population size. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my god, oh my um, god, you guys. Happy birthday, Greg. Yeah, it's my birthday. It's my birthday slay all day. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll be a few days past your birthday, a few True. more past your birthday party, which I believe was a success. Yeah, what was the theme, Mitch? Um, uh, it was a thousand... Oh, wait. What? <laughs> Night of a thousand Gregs that me and Greg's friend had been planning for like a year and a half because we weren't able to do it last year. So Why we, couldn't we do it last year? I think it was a mix of a couple of things. Like somebody else's birthday was happening at the same time. So like the theme didn't work. And Ew. then um, we just like were too last minute by the time it came down to it that we were like, well, let's just wait till next year. And this was your 35th birthday. So we thought more was, meaningful. Yeah. More significant. So. Lots of hilarious. What did you dress like? I actually dyed my hair blonde, as you know, um, and I dressed like Greg in university. So he used to love wearing <laughs> tank tops over top of t-shirts, <laughs> love having underwear so high up, loving having huge holes in his pants right on the crotch and pants tucked into uh, socks. And yeah, it was a whole look. Yeah. That Lots sounds of bracelets and just, necklaces. And you just <laughs> described like John Mayer slash someone having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Um, I had such bad rips in my crotch. I'm surprised more people didn't do that because mm -hmm. definitely there was a time. Well, probably because they were like, I don't want to rip my pants. Yes, yeah, fair, fair, <laughs> fair. And then once I was kicked out of a bar because my ball sack fell out while dancing um, <laughs> oh on a stage. God. And they were like, that's illegal. And I was like, this is homophobia. And they were like, no, your balls fell out. In university, you also wore like boxers. So I feel like you weren't even like contained you know how boxers are so big yeah why was i wearing boxers i was already out i was gay yeah. why was i wearing joe boxer honestly i wasn't like i didn't obviously i cared about the way i looked but i wasn't like i didn't have it in me to go buy underwear i was like still such a child i was yeah. like i'm just gonna wear my joe boxers with ants on them that i've had since grade 10 and like you are in spirit a bro so i feel like it suited you okay like i've never <laughs> been more offended in my life <laughs> But yeah, like I don't know if like skinny jeans with your balls out is broy, but I think it was. No, you're right. Not the skinny jeans, but the boxers. The Someone boxer wore um, ski boots because I went to wear ski boots to an MIA <laughs> concert and then kicked a <laughs> photographer and he bullied me in his art opening. There was um, lots of blonde wigs, a lot of white tank tops. Yeah, for bird, Greg. bird watching <laughs> outfits. Um, one was those Kanye West like shade glasses. If you are a Gen Z, you might not know about this. Look up Kanye West's Stronger music video. And I did, in fact, wear horribly designed sunglasses and once tripped and fell in front of my boss because I couldn't actually see out of them. What were some other ones? 
Someone came as the head and shoulders ad we did. That was great. <laughs> and he didn't have time to print money, but he should have. <laughs> oh, someone came as naked, Greg, because I do love to be naked. And I was kind of naked most of the night. Yes. Mangina, though. I, I tuck. Yeah, I tuck. likes to tuck. So they I, came in a bodysuit. Like, they yeah. themselves weren't naked. It's but. really fun. Guys out there, like, get naked at a party and tuck, and it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a luck. <laughs> <laughs> Also, though, I thought you meant like it's a fun idea. No, I think it is. We want to do it for other friends. It like is. It, I know. It's a okay. fun way to just like celebrate someone. By you a, would be tough. Yeah, I guess. Now you, you have blonde hair. Version. Yeah. But like you do have eras for sure. But yeah, they're not ooh. as like. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. You'd probably have to like tap into my interests. Like people will dress as like Zelda and people will dress yeah. like Survivor You do stuff wear a lot of Zelda stuff. Yeah. Also, you used what I would wear is you used to wear Velcro shorts that... The way the Velcro oh, would bend, it looked like you had a boner, twi- <laughs> like a literal erection 24-7. So I would wear that. Has anyone had this problem? Like, I don't have them anymore. But yeah, it's like the fly was made of Velcro. So if it ever folded in a weird way, it would like stick out weird. It was like a triangle <laughs> boner, like a boner from like a commercial, like not a commercial, like a boner from like a cartoon. So, or like a comedy video, like y- movie. Yeah. So like that, w- <laughs> I think it's niche, but I now know I would wear that. <laughs> But you're, there are lots, like, I think for people out there, it's a really fun idea. If you have friends who are like me and maybe a little, like, go, I don't know, what is my thing? Like, I just, I, I like, oh, I, like, I also never have matching socks. Yeah. There are just certain friends who it works for because they just do have very distinct have styles, too, right? Looks. Like, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. But, but some people came as your interests. Like, I guess birding is a look as well, like, with certain hats and binoculars and stuff. But, like. You can go into people's interests and just dress yeah. like that instead of having to literally dress as a photo of them. Yeah, you're right. People would do um, Zelda for you for sure. Mm-hmm. But you actually are kind of always dressed like Link. Yeah, I do actually, actually own a lot of Zelda clothes. Wait, doesn't Link have blonde hair? Yeah. Like, so you're blonde right now. Oh my God, I'm Link. Link. You do kind of look <laughs> like Link, honestly. And he has like tan skin like you, right? <laughs> he does not have tan skin. Oh. He's white, white, white. Wow, I really need to play more of all that. But it was really fun. We're still struggling. We drank a lot. I had Negronis on tap. And it's just like, I'm talking like this because I'm like exhausted. <laughs> and we went out the day after because mm-hmm. we're gay and we have problems and we need to stop partying. <laughs> we're almost at the age. We we're 35. Before it's too late, you know? Like maybe we can go and cheer what we learn this week about kids because it's okay. like, I want a kid. I want to stop doing what I'm doing. I want to stop... <laughs> Like all of our friends, all of our gay friends are just like, so what's happening this weekend? It's like, I don't know. Maybe we all need to go to sleep. Play chess together. I don't know. Yeah, let's go on a silent retreat. Like what is happening? And there's just like endless. It feels like Toronto is a growing city and it feels like there's just like at a certain point we have to stop because there's always just going to be something to do. It never ends. What? Being gay or the fun? Everything. Isn't Actually, it does all end. So. There's that. Yeah, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch is. We had a, a re- big drinking drinking weekend, and now Mitch is officially afraid of dying because he's what hungover. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed like when I am sleep deprived and hungover, I'm like was thinking a lot about growing old in death. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm so hungover slash have a migraine slash I'm in pain from my gout, I'm like, well, at least when I die, I don't have to feel this pain. <laughs> yeah. So hung hungover is like death promoting. Yeah, being so hungover, you want to die. Like, has that ever happened? Because I feel like so many people not are like, die, actually. Yeah, but some people, that's a, it's a figure of speech. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so hungover, I want to die. They might mean it. Maybe. Okay, let's Moving go. Moving on. Oh, what did we learn this week? On that note, my study today is actually about, well, first I'm going to ask you, do you suffer from FOMO? Yes. I think we know the answer is yes. Well, <laughs> you know what? It's something I've worked on a lot in therapy, so very much less so, yeah, but like true. innately, yes. And uh, question number two, do you want kids? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, a study found that many parents have um, regrets for having kids. Not many, Wait, but there's like a percentage. FOMO of the party? No, what has happened, the study came out and realized a lot of parents, and a lot is like uh, 7%. Um, one in every 14 parents regrets having their kids Whoa. and a big chunk of them had kids because of FOMO because people around them were having kids and they felt like they were supposed to or like they were oh. missing out and that they like should have kids and then they've had kids and then they have deep regrets about it. Oh, interesting. So it was almost like classified. What did they say? As 
a new kind of like parental regret. Wait, like obviously the FOMO it's been known. is pre kids. You're you're having yes. FOMO because your friends like I have a kid. You're at a stage where probably lots of your friends yeah. have kids, and you're like, that's what society expects of me. Everyone around me is having kids. It's kind of like the right thing to do. Okay, so have do them. you have FOMO about having kids? Because I don't know if I have that. No, I don't really have that. But there's like part of me that's like, oh, like I should have kids. You know, like th- I do want kids, but there's also a part of me that's like, like doing it because I think maybe I'll regret not yeah, doing it or doing it because I think yeah. like I should do it and I'll be missing out if I don't do yeah. it. Um, I don't know if you'd call that FOMO or well, not. Well, it sounds like, like you just had missing yeah, out. Yeah, fear of missing out. So it's yeah. not just because necessarily everyone around you doing it, but the fear of not having an experience that many people call the greatest treasure of their life. I mean, know? it's it's super hetero vibes because like as we're learning, if you're gay and want kids, you have to like truly... It's so hard. I feel like it's a lot more likely that you're going to have FOMO of all your friends having kids when they're a bunch of hetero people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's like all yeah, of we our gay have, friends aren't having kids. Yeah, we do have some friends with kids, but like I'd say the but majority they're all straight. of our friends. Or they're like, they're like, cis, straight. They're like yeah. cis guy, cis girl relationships where yeah. people are having kids now in their mid-30s. All, all of our queer friends, for the most part, are not even talking about it. As we said, they're out of rave. Some committed to not. But that can yeah. always change. Like that I can think. change. I just mean like they're not like the FOMO for us isn't coming from a lot of our friends having kids. True. It'd be really interesting if all of our queer friends were having kids. We might start being like FOMO, even FOMO. more so. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Like it's worth just pausing and really thinking about having made that choice for yourself for real. Like because they're obviously this is like seven percent, not the like an overwhelming majority by any any stretch of the imagination, but 7% of parents in America regret having their kids. At least like, and is that both Poland, parents? Poland, it's like, almost 14%. Sorry, could we talked over each in other. In Poland, it's almost 14% of okay, people well, regret having so kids. Mean to <laughs> Germany the, was 8%. All the Polish kids not wanted. <laughs> but no, like, but maybe it's just one parent and the other one's like, well, I'm okay. Or like both parents are like, God oh, damn it. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like at least if it's one out of 14, you can hope that at least like your mom wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> But FOMO's bad. Like whenever I look up, like why do I have FOMO? It's like you're an you're an insecure. You have a low self. Like it's like whenever I read it, I'm like, God damn. Okay, like that's intense. <laughs> like FOMO is like not not that I thought it was good, but like right. the reasons for it are so dark. But I mean, I think based on a Google search that I do, like considering I don't consider myself someone that has like bad you don't. FOMO. You don't. I, but everyone has FOMO. You know, like. I still do, even if I'm not. Mine's not as strong as some other people's. But, like, you don't have fun. Like, I used to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're crazy. But then now <laughs> I, like, it's weird. It's, like, it, you, like truly therapy works, I think. We should do an episode on about therapy. Okay. Does it work? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're all doing it. I'm literally spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. And, like, I was, as I sent money to my therapist recently, but so was, like, funny if is just there like, even, like, conclusion? Yeah. There is no evidence. <laughs> But like I have, I have really come. I remember once I like couldn't go out for New Year's and I had like a panic attack, because and it was just because like our friends were all hanging out. Oh, in, like, like a you basement. weren't able to go out. For now years, I'm like yeah. I don't care about that. But like I did like yeah. five years ago. So like I'm like therapy grown, works for, sure. for me. I just typed therapy into Google. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. I need to add it. Okay. Do you? Th- okay. Do you think overall therapy like from a si- like holds up? Well, I haven't looked at a lot of literal research, but my anecdotal personal experience is obviously I can see some like amazing growth and progress in myself. Hmm. I would say recently I saw some, um, there's been some studies that come out, have come out that are like when you over process things, sometimes that's actually detrimental. Like people who think more about um, being happy are less happy. People who try to strive. So maybe it depends what you're working on and how there is like, also a benefit to like sometimes quieting your mind but uh, you can do that with a therapist as well right like work on strategies to stop overthinking but a lot of times therapy is like contemplating your self-satisfaction and contemplating how how good your life is and how you relate in the world so you do feel like yeah i guess anecdotally for me too i'm like it's definitely helpful yeah, I can see the ways that I've changed. And it's hard to know because you obviously for yourself don't have a control group to be like, well, would I have just grown as an adult this way regardless? Yeah. But I think it's so important. No, to I think to my FOMO was like actually worked on. Yeah. And I think, but it would be cool to do an episode to be like, let's actually look at the biggest studies to show where we see like cognitive behavioral therapy has these outcomes and can show analytically like 
from data that many people are feeling much happier or many people are like leaving feeling like they very satisfied and things like that. So I, do you, do you like you never like when have you ever felt FOMO? I feel like you've never felt FOMO. No, I, I do feel FOMO just like not that intense. And I'm like, so I love hanging out by myself that I just like would rather do that sometimes. So I'm huh. still like, even when I'm choosing not to go out, I do have some moments of like, Oh, like that looks like fun or it probably would be fun. I'm like kind of missing out on a memory, but then I'm also like, but I would rather be doing this. Interesting. Also, um, FOMO, like as a concept, like was only invented in 2004 as like the acronym. 2004. Yeah. Doesn't that seem recent? Wow. Like, like before <laughs> that people were just like, I missed out. I'm sad. Yeah. Whereas then, then, but now they're like, Oh, that's FOMO. They do so many more words. Also, it's interesting cause it's like concern about missing out an opportunity that's a novel experience. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with novel mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. That's less depressing than the other ones, which are like, you were neglected as a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, it's also linked to internet use. Ding, ding, oh, ding. Oh, for sure. Because like you're seeing people doing like, since 2004, you know, we're like getting Instagram and not then, but like in like Facebook and stuff and seeing all the parties people are going to and the advent of like, yeah, being able to know when everyone's having fun without you is obviously connected to an increase in okay FOMO. we should also do an episode on fomo okay write it down girl yeah, okay I can't you're the writer the, i can't find the doc oh, i'm no. freaking therapy out. and fomo okay this remember is into i know you're what you learned this week is also re- like mine's not related to population but it kind of is about kids so what's yours yeah okay so like people aren't having kids folks unless you're in india <laughs> kidding also like nigeria and sub-saharan africa and the middle east but they, the UN thinks that India has surpassed China as the most populated country in the world mm-hmm. as of April. But this April. Yeah. But then like, there's no actual way to know that based mm. on like the way that the statistics are. And so some people like argue that it's happening in two years, huh. but I was like, I think that's pretty crazy. Cause I think if you asked most people, what's the most populated country in the world, they'd say China. China. Yeah, for sure. But it's no longer the case and it is India. Wow. And it, it leads to sort of like, you know, like we're in Canada where like our relationship with India is not like the best right now. It's literally like the worst it's ever been. Yeah. That's what the daily, I mean, the front burner said. <laughs> and part of the issue is that like, and I am half Indian. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just mean like the people aren't necessarily willing to like get on Trudeau's side right now. This is a separate, you mean like world note. leaders. Yeah. Because it's like India is the future in many ways. Like as we well, will get into capitalism. It. it's like they're yeah. the future for people to potentially dump their low wage work and exploit people because it's like a, like a country that is cheap to manufacture things. But also on top of that, we're going to get into it after the break. Like if the population is decreasing and you're in a country that's increasing, over China that's it's not even it's just also like getting their good graces for the existential reason of like oh you're growing like mm-hmm. we're not yeah, like what does yeah. that mean and China is like yeah they're freak it's so interesting because China was like oh we're gonna actually put a policy and have one kid and now they're gonna they're trying to incentivize people financially to have more kids hmm. like and you're just like from w- the, the extremes yeah, yeah it's so interesting because I feel like population is so Okay, we're, we should just get into it. It's so yeah, fascinating. Okay. We're going to get into it after yeah, break. So it's curious. crazy. I feel like Greg did most of this research. I'm curious to ask so many questions. So yeah. we'll take a little break, and then we'll be back. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. So, we're bringing this up because there was a recent graph released online that freaked a lot of people out as the UN has explained that they think the population is going to peak at 
billion, not million, because I've been saying that a lot. Uh, <laughs> Numbers are it's, hard. If by 2100, there's only going to be 10.9 million well, it's people. Ironic that'd be so scary. That you started with a British accent because a billion means a different thing. What? In England. Okay. England, get your... Doesn't it? It's not a I feel like I've heard, like, Wait, I need to also, look you need to Google that. <laughs> Okay, you talk. Like, this, like, this is also a side note plus, like, lies. Um, all I know is that they measure things in stone, and they also use miles for distances where it's like, come on, get a grip. Anyways, the UN thinks the population is going to peak at 10.9 billion in the year 2100 and start to stabilize or decrease. There's other... Yes. I found it. It's true. Like wow. historically, they've okay. changed it now to mean a thousand million, which is what we call a billion. Okay. But, but historically the UK, the term a billion meant 1 million million. Whoa. So like way bigger. <laughs> 1 billion dollars. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so that was a side note, but also it is just like England. So funny. We love you. <laughs> Slay all day. At least you speak our language. Sort of. Sometimes it's like, what did you say? Um, yeah. So this is freaking out a lot of people. People like Elon Musk think it's the biggest issue of our time. Other scientists and people think this could be a really good thing due to the climate crisis. But it is a fact that we are decreasing in population. And I think the when I talk about this with- We're not, sorry, that we're not yet decreasing, but that we're projected to start decreasing at okay. some time in the near future. So likely if you're listening to this, you're living in a population that is declining. So that's the part that's really interesting. Like a like, country that's Yeah. Declining. So outside of like sub-Saharan Africa, like places like Nigeria, which is growing like really rapidly, um, places in the Middle East, Pakistan, India, outside of those countries, like 85% of the population growth by, until the year 2035 is going to come from eight countries. Hmm. So like that's, there's a lot of countries in the world. There's not that yeah. many. So like, <laughs> If you're in North America, if you're in South America, if you're in Eastern Asia, if you're in um, Australia, like your country's population is declining, hmm. which I think is like really, I love bringing this up with people like friends because they're all like, what? It and might I'm be like, also worth clarifying that the population may be growing, but it might be the fertility rate is not what's sustaining that growth. Yes. Right. Like there's immigration. There's lots of different factors yes. that affect like right now, Canada still is growing, but only because of immigration. Yeah. It's yeah. at risk of a declining population. Yeah. So the, that's worth talking about. Cause I think it's like the coolest part, which is the fertility rate. So fertility rate is a number that's all based on the average number of kids that a person who identifies as a woman in that country needs to have for one of them to be a girl who survives to reproducing age. So it's like, it's kind of like a, when I first read that, I was like, whoa, what does that mm -hmm. mean? And it's like, so a fertility rate of a country needs to be above 2.1, which is replacement level. And 2.1 Two, is 2.1 kids being born for every woman in that society because they think on average it takes 2.1 kids to be born for the likelihood of at least one of those kids to be a girl who then survives right. to become someone it, who can have more kids in the future. Like it's also even if you want, this may not be totally accurate, but if you want to strip it down another way, it's like if you're a couple of two people, yeah, and you only have two kids, the population, if everyone did that, the population would stay the same because you're two people and you're only going to like replace yourself. Yes. With two yes. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it only grows when like every person is technically making more than one person, yes. <laughs> which is like interesting. Cause you're like, okay, that is, it's just, it's kind of like morbid, I guess in some ways to think about 2.1 kids needing to be born in order for like one to be a girl. Cause it just sort of takes life and makes it like a number. A stat, yeah. But it is really interesting when you think, obviously what's happening in mostly what they're saying, these wealthy nations, places like Canada is that people are having maybe two kids and that's not enough kids mm -hmm. for your population to be above what is called replacement level. Whereas in places like Nigeria, their fertility rate right now is 4.7. So the mm -hmm. average woman is having 4.7 kids. And that's also down like in the last 20 years by like two kids, like before they were having like over five kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that okay nigeria's population is growing they're having enough kids for it to grow but yeah we're not living in societies like that are having lots of kids like it's it makes interesting sense. because the conversation 
to me felt not that long ago to be about overpopulation. I know we kind of talked about yeah, this on, the, I know, on our that's other why I'm pod, obsessed with but this. it is like for the last few decades, I feel like the conversation has been like, we don't have enough resources to feed yes. everyone and it's only going to get harder. And then the counter to that was like, well, we technically do have enough resources. We just aren't distributing them properly. Like yeah. we don't help people who need help. Like all the wealthy nations hoard all that wealth and yeah. food and stuff. Um, and that we can actually support. And, you know, there's been a lot of predictions in the past, like doing a little bit of research for this, seeing like in the 1800s, what people thought they were like, there's no way we're going to be able to feed people once we reach this milestone. And of course, like we have survived. Well, that was like genetic modification. Yeah. Which they couldn't have predicted. I guess. Yeah. There has been some major advancements that have allowed for many more humans than originally anticipated. One cool thing I was kind of briefly looking at was I was like, I wonder how accurate population um, predictions have been over the past. It turns out actually pretty accurate. The UN has slayed. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. They said like on average, maybe some predictions are like 6% off, but that doesn't seem, it's not like, you know what I mean? We're not missing by like billions here. Like when they've estimated we would hit what we would hit in like the year 2000, they were like really yeah. close to what so it was. So in 1968, the UN projected that by 1990, the global population would be 5.44 billion and the real figure was 5.34 billion. Yeah, that's why. That's like, and that's why I'm like, the population is decreasing because the UN is what's saying it. They also, <laughs> the UN also predicted that by 2010, the population would be between 6.8 to 7.2 billion and it ended up being 7 billion. Hmm. So like these, there's demographers and statisticians who use this fertility rate to predict the future. And so I think that's why people are freaking out because they're like, okay, like we can, like the UN isn't lying. They've been doing this yes, information assuming, for a long like, time. Of course, for example, like during World War II, there was no prediction that there was going to be a huge boom in birth rates because of like a major world event, right? Hashtag like boomers. boomers. So gotcha. like there are, of course, things that can Could impact happen, both yeah. directions, having more kids, having less kids. Like, well, they actually think the climate the, change is just going to make it even Right, but I'm saying we can't necessarily less. like, this is assuming all other things stay equal and that we like yeah. continue to grow at the same rate. So the, in, the interesting thing about like maybe more people like us in Canada and in Europe, like if you're in Spain and you don't have immigration by 2100, you're going to have half your population. It's like, uh, yes, screwed hon. Japan Mm -hmm. is crazy. They think that by 2045, a quarter of the Japanese population will have dementia. Mm. Like, it's like, I don't under, I actually don't understand why Japan isn't just like, increasing immigration like they're they're so screwed they're like we're gonna make like health robots it's like i don't know let people in (laughs) anyways um so yeah like in these populations that we're in that are declining we have aging populations and that is i think something that is so a testament to our time in science so like we had the scientific breakthroughs that made us live longer Mm -hmm. live healthy lives like survive low birth rate or like low birth survival and stuff yes like that. but we never really thought about how like what happens when you have less kids mm-hmm. and then now you just have this like aging population and there are it's kind of funny because right now people are like in france like arguing that they don't want to like they want to have like the retirement age decreased mm-hmm. but a lot of demographers are like this information is explaining why we need to change the idea of work like mm-hmm. if we're living longer healthier lives we might have to work longer Mm -hmm. in order to support these societies which i was just like that's kind of interesting assuming we're living in a capitalist society what like (laughs) we are no i sorry i mean like we are i just mean assuming in the future like perhaps i'm just like that values everything based on your productivity you know like we need more people to be productive in order to support our society under sort of like the foundation that we've built our society yes but there are other like ideas and ways to support a society that don't like there is universal basic income we are developing like hopefully technologies that can alleviate the need for humans to work in the same capacity of course it's going to cause problems under capitalism when you put a bunch of people out out of work but can we find a way to like bear the fruits of our labor of like automated machines and not have people who cannot afford to live or eat now like how do we rectify that population requirement 
without yeah. the work. Without yeah, the no, that is that is fair. That is fair. And I think, but like, but okay, sorry, just to be mm-hmm. like whatever. On the other side of that thing is that like retirement age was designed for people who were aging and no longer could work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just saying, like if all of a sudden, like, yeah. like these population like dynamics are shifting so much and being skewed because of the fact that people are living longer and healthier lives from science. Mm-hmm is why they're like, have these crazy aging populations. Because right. in the past, those people just wouldn't be alive. Mm-hmm. Which and, is and I do amazing. think right now, we are literally living through the boomer age. Like yeah. as boomers enter, yeah. like in so many parts of the world, there was like a huge era of more people being born than before and after. And so like, we are facing that issue even more so because of that. Like there so just are more boomers yeah, I who always will need more support. That boomers are like the people who were like the baby boom. I always like just think of that word as someone with like glasses being like, so how do you open PDF? <laughs> like I think of them as this like hilarious, like, right. But it's like, no, they were like absolutely a part of history that is really like very significant and, and having a, a huge impact them. right now like yeah. we're feeling those effects now and in our whole life like millennials often look at boomers and are like you fucked us <laughs> but you know yeah and it's like you're so like okay wait is like biden and trump above boomers yeah they're older than boomers. they're old that's yeah. crazy i'm just like can't get over the american like, election uh, being between two uh, 80 year olds <laughs> and like yeah it's like my parents are boomers yeah, and like and my Biden, parents are boomers. Yeah, and they're low seventies. Like, yeah, but and they like, like Biden's like actually eighty one. Yeah, and Trump's like eighty. Isn't Nancy Pelosi kind of up there? Yeah, I is that I'm like what's is the that not an issue? <laughs> okay, age range. Yeah, between fifty seven wow. to seventy five. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so they, I guess like they Biden's literally just like passed. were like in the war. <laughs> That's crazy because it that is really interesting i was reading an article about how like there's like this time of like russian collapse like called like i forget the name of it and it was when all the politicians were so old mm. that they couldn't like govern properly and they're like is america That's in like, that yeah. and it's like yeah the amount of politicians that are like having medical issues like on television right now is, oh like, my god than ever. that like evil guy that's like a ghost yeah. of a human who just <laughs> Mitch like mcconnell Mitch, so ruins funny. my name yeah literally Ugh. but but at least biden's like trying to do stuff for climate change because that's yeah. the scariest and part. like alleviating student debt yeah student yeah no he's anyway he's you know coming back to really population old. side note but not really kind of um yeah coming back to population one thing that i think is interesting when I talk to people about this, like for example, Canada, we are in a country that feels like it's growing. So we are in Toronto. It is a growing city. Absolutely buzzing. Like and a lot of surrounding small cities also are really growing. Yes. The, it's the, the exactly. like urban sprawl of a major and city. All of that is due to the fact that Canada lets in 500,000 newcomers every year. So they like Canadians have at least figured this out. We have a low fertility rate. That's not going to change. And now we let in all these these new people. That's how you get growth in your countries. And so all these demographers have this like really brilliant argument for the importance of immigration for pretty much every country outside of the few that are actually still growing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just like something that is so important to understand. Because, but like, not to like to play devil's advocate. Actually, like there is a conversation. I am very pro immigration and like love to live in a multicultural city. But obviously, people are like we're in a time of like major struggle right now. How do we make sure like all these immigrants who come have support and the people in this country have support to find work and, and then aren't just like ending up in situations that are potentially like, there is a lot of conversations between both our city, our province and our country around what is the right amount and what's too much, what's too little, what's overwhelming a city. Is there enough resources? I don't want to just like quickly gloss over the fact that it's like actually very complex and that yes. how do you decide those numbers in Canada is very privileged because we are not like bordering war torn countries. We aren't having to, we can choose how many refugees we take. We can choose how many immigrants and there isn't like as much like sneaking over of the borders and stuff like that. But, but no, but I, okay. But that's not what the science and the ec- economists and demo- but demo- demographers is are saying tied to capitalism. Like if we're not growing, we will die. But that's okay. So this is the argument that is coming from people who are saying the biggest existential threat of our time is the fact that the population of is population decline. And the only reason those people are saying that is because of economics. Yeah. They're saying that like 
the way that economics functions right now in the markets, it's like it is based growth on exponential is growth. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay, so the, we're kind of splitting two ideas, but that's why I'm like, it's frustrating because those same people are anti immigration. Mm. So it's like, if you're going to be so obsessed with that concept, you have to, it's like an oxymoron that the reason politicians are xenophobic and anti-immigration is purely based on a false claim that immigrants are a burden to society to get votes. Mm. Like people know that is not the case, especially now in America, in Canada, in places where your populations aren't growing in the near term for economic growth, mm -hmm. which is so much a part of like right wing platforms. You do need people like, mm -hmm. and you don't, you aren't allowed the to be a country is, that's, yeah, like all, so many of these places, Canada included, rely on immigrant, like workers literally coming to this country to work yeah. for cheap. Yeah. It's really messed yeah. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so it's like, it's sort of one of those things where it's like a way to catch people in like, what do you want for your country? Mm -hmm. You're actually just creating xenophobic ideas to get votes. It's just an easy, like quote unquote enemy to like exactly. point the finger it's an, and blame. Exactly. And, yeah. and like, so this is just a cool way that like science and stats have been like, why are you like, why are you doing this? Oh, it's strictly to brainwash people and get votes. It's not rooted in any fact at all. But the, um, other thing around that is also just like the economic shift around climate change and how like we all know we're going to run out of resources and we can't have exponential growth economically. So like mm. that's the other oxymoron. It's like people who are freaking out about the population decline, messing with the markets. People are like by 2100, if you haven't figured out how to change market capitalism, then climate change and carbon emissions are going to be the same the way that they are now. Mm. And then the country will be, like we will all be so much more screwed. So there is an interesting like argument that the population stabilizing or decline, declining could be a really good existential way for the markets to shift, the world to shift and live in more tandem. Yeah, it does with the feel Earth. like we're on the precipice and maybe it won't happen in our lifetime, but like it feels like a major shift is coming in that, you know, we're seeing less and less people in the middle class, more and more people struggling, like housing being unaffordable, fooding being unaffordable across like the entire globe and more populism popping up because of it to, to take advantage of that, that it makes me so curious, like where are things going? Yeah. Like, where is the world in general and like humanity, like hopefully often it takes these kind of moments to like change the way society functions. Like it has to get so bad before people are like revolution, you know, yeah. like we have to change how we function because too many people are suffering now. Um, and it kind of feels like, I don't know, obviously the news doesn't help because you're like being told these things all the time, but it feels like a, a lot bad is happening right now. Well, back to the immigrant thing. Only two to four percent of people in the world live outside of the country they were born. Isn't that well, crazy? Because I mean, yeah, you're we, from being from Toronto, it's like what? Because right. everyone Feels here is like yeah, fifty percent of people right weren't yeah. born here, or we're, is it fifty percent of people are just non-white? No, no, no. fifty percent of people are. Oh wait, we should like in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Toronto is the most multicultural city in the world, mm -hmm. which I think I like saw some like weird like article and I was like scrolling. I was like, I wonder what number one is. And it was like Toronto. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Whoa. But it's like, that is great. That is not enough immigration. Two to 4% of people living outside. Right. And then another thing is that between the year 2000 to the year 2020, the amount of forcibly displaced people, these are people who like of refugees, people who need to escape like wars went from 17 million to 34 million. That's still not that much, but it went up because there's increased conflict mm -hmm. in the world. And then 85% of those forcibly displaced people are in Turkey, Jordan, or Kenya. Mm. So it's like, that is like, there is not enough immigration happening. Like literally like, like Kenya, Turkey, Having and Jordan take all that taking 85%. It's like we, yeah, presumably because people can walk over those borders, right? Like as opposed to their, like the cost to fly them all to North America. Yeah. But it also just shows you like these wealthy nations have decreasing populations mm -hmm. and are still so good at keeping these people out Yeah, when it's like, it is like Canada. Of course we need to work on our transit and stuff, but like we do have opportunities. We do have enough wealth and resources to look after more refugees. And then demographers also think Canada needs to increase their 500,000 newcomers per year. And then the, the guy who's in the role right now, I like read an interview with him and he's like, we're going to increase it. Hmm. Like, and it is people, Canada's doing well. Like Toronto's, in a, a growing city. Like it is nice to know that our politicians are at least doing that. 
Yeah, but I think, yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think just everything is harder than it ever has been. Like I, I even in Toronto see more tent cities than I ever have living here before. Right? Like there is more struggling. I think that's the disconnect is that people know more people are struggling, even though we hear like we're prospering so much and you're hearing about like grocery stores and stuff, making record profits and stuff. But so many people are struggling. And I think it is important to acknowledge that yes, it might be a good thing if the um, population stabilizes, maybe even declines. Like on the surface, you're like, oh, maybe it sounds bad. It's not like anyone's wishing for people to die. It's just like over time, the generations will yeah, stop it's, growing. Yeah, it's actually more about the but kids you're having. there is going to be a huge frictionful time in that transition where a lot of people will struggle because economies will collapse, right? Yeah. And yes, that might be good in some ways, but like, you could say that it's then it's good when the housing market collapses, but that ruins a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Right? They so there will be a lot of struggle in yeah. that, even though it's a good thing in many ways, doesn't mean it will be easy for a lot of people. Yeah. It's all about adaptation, adaptation around the reality that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's better interesting. to acknowledge the reality. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting that demographers are like the best way and only way to adapt. If you're in countries like ours and wealthy countries is to allow immigrants in yeah that is the way to keep the economy going yeah, yes, because yeah. the fear is yeah like it, if you're not growing your economy people are going to struggle even more but like you said it's easy to point at immigration as the fault of things because people are suffering and then they're yeah. like well look at all these people who are being brought yeah into our yeah country. no it's come and it's completely it's always been it's funny because it's always been a scapegoat for like hundreds of years yeah. and it's it's funny when you think about it now how like Irish and Italian people were like immigrants that were like not wanted for a long time. And now yeah. they're so integrated into a society yeah. like North America that they just are naturalized citizens or they're yeah. just like people who we consider like North American. But there was a time when probably every problem was because of all the Irish immigrants that they were blaming. Yeah. You know? And like when you look back at like growth of like cities and stuff, you're always like in the boom of immigration caused mm -hmm. the city like New York to grow. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's only in reflectors are people like, oh yeah, immigration's great because that's why my yeah. parents are here and why my life here is totally. Built. I it's mean, like, and we of every like we just live in such a city where we can see, and it's like it is actually a beautiful thing to live in a city where you go on the subway and you see so many different people, you have so many different types of food and neighborhoods you can explore, and like it is very nice. And then you just like realize okay everyone's just people and it's like yeah. of course there's shitty people and there's good people and it has literally nothing to do with and i'm just like race. what would canada be like if it was more xenophobic or like japan we'd be so screwed there would be no one to look after the aging population like yeah. there, the like sometimes it's so easy to complain but sometimes it's like well what's the other option yeah. and the other option is that we're in this country that has like completely like there's no what people are not in it young people are not in it and mm -hmm. japan is like actually i'm so curious what's gonna happen because yeah no, it's it will be probably be a big challenge really challenging that yeah. the world will look to as an example of how to handle you know like they'll yeah. like much of our country our country will probably be watching japan even if it won't be as severe here we'll have to learn from like yeah what do they adapt how do they adapt to creating new systems so it's also like, spain italy and thailand are the other like countries like Japan that by 2100 like, without we'll immigration have. will have half their population. Yeah. No, that's Thailand, intense. I thought was so interesting. Yeah, that like, is. Yeah. Cause you just don't hear about how they're having the same thing. And a lot of it is actually linked to increased gender equality, which is a good thing. So mm -hmm. like Thailand is becoming more affluent and people like women are gaining more rights. Education. People are healthier. They're wealthier. Like place. It's like, it's interesting cause it's like lower fertility rate is actually a sign of a really prosperous society. Mm. So that's like another part is it's like, yeah, there's only so many options we have here as people on earth gain better lives. Yeah. I think as long as like governments and institutions can implement policies that support like the, well, economy, but I don't know. I think by people just want to know that it's not just blanket bringing in and, and because now there's so many like ideological divides between people, it's like, people think that bringing in immigration is just a way to appease like liberals ideals, even if it is not, you know, mm -hmm. and then that looks like it's just trying to win. Wait, really? I never thought about that. People think. Yeah. I think a lot of conservatives are probably like, this is just like an ideal, but it's not, it's actually hurting our country or it's actually not being planned properly. And that, that would be the argument I think from the right is that 
it looks good, but it's not being executed properly. Hmm. And I think, like, not that I agree with that argument, but obviously we need to, like, build systems that tax can properly the handle. That what do you mean? mean? Yeah, whether it's tax the rich, whether it's, like, make sure there's lots of groundwork for allowing people to find housing and to find jobs and to enter this country in a way that is supporting them and also looking to the people like the argument you often hear from conservatives is like and and maybe liberals as well is like what about the people struggling in our country like why aren't we putting money towards that as well like how do we bring people out of poverty who are already here right and those are two separate issues but i think people try to latch on to like, well, why are we helping other people around the world? But then you said it's like a nuanced issue because it's like we're bringing in people because our economy needs it to support itself. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. I guess that is interesting. But like, I am like, it still goes back to the ideals of the government truly taxing the rich and then like creating wealth, like less wealth inequality. Yeah, but right? that that is, yeah, I think that's the way we like solve a lot of issues that needs to be addressed. And it's becoming, it's like a runaway train that's becoming harder and harder because these companies are just getting bigger and bigger and then have more influence and more power that nothing can stop them. You know what I mean? Like it takes someone having guts to go against Google. Like the Canadian government just tried to go against Google and like with like um, advertising and posted links, like it was Facebook and Google versus the Canadian government. And like the Canadian government like lost handedly. They were both like, okay, we just won't post any of your news on Facebook or Google search. And now they've like had to be like, oh, wait, like we'll change, we'll adapt the law so you guys don't have to do that. Because the government was like, you, you're sharing Canadian news, but they're not making money from it. But you're getting this benefit of having your site get all this traction. But it's like, the Canadian government is smaller than both Facebook and Google. Yeah. It doesn't, it can't throw its weight around. And that is like a huge problem with capitalism is we're seeing like truly these massive international companies that can not only bribe and, and like, you know, entice politicians and people to work for them, work with them. It's like hard to, who's going to be the one who says, well, we're going to tax the richest company in the world. They're going to receive a lot of pushback, you know? Yeah. But I'm still like, I'm still thinking about how like they're separate issues, but they're linked in the sense that like your country needs immigration, but then while also simultaneously working on those ideals of like trying to tax corporations and make the money more even, right? Yeah. And I think eventually those corporations have to realize if the, if the wage gap continues to change, it's like it collapses anyway. You know what I mean? Like. I know we're talking about why well because if people can't afford to live they can't buy your service in the first place they can't support your economy Hmm. like if there is no middle class who has money to spend to like enjoy like okay fine keep making record record profits at grocery stores eventually people are just like i can't afford my groceries i'm just literally buying like the cheapest things as possible now yeah like it has to balance itself out somewhere i think yeah but then you have you know parts of the world where you can see like awful countries that take advantage of their citizens and there's extreme suffering without. Yeah. Cause you resolve. need the government to kind of get involved before that happens is the hope. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. like for you sound really pessimistic. Like you don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's not, it can't happen. I think, and I hope that our generation and the younger ones are getting into politics and seeing the need <laughs> for it. And, even when it comes to climate change, like of course the older generations in general, I know there's lots of people who support like climate action who are older, but the older generations are more tied to like the oil industry and stuff where the younger younger politicians are like, screw that. Like we need to find another way to work yeah. th- through this. There's nothing like the fossil fuel industry. Yeah. Obviously controls much of like market trends and they're part of the people who are really scared about population decline. Mm. But then like there was these economists that were just like, by 2030, if we keep going at the rate that's expected, it will be $2.7 trillion per year that we have to pay due to the climate destruction. And then Deloitte recently came out and everyone was like, oh, wow, Deloitte, like trying to be good. And said that by 2070, America will alone will have $14.5 trillion per year of climate destruction costs due to wildfires, droughts, floods, mm. farms and businesses and houses being destroyed. And yeah. Like, okay, so, so I so think like this population discussion, whether it's overpopulation or under a decline, it's like similar to climate change. Like we just have to pay attention to it and start to like prepare our societies for it. I think that's the conversation. I think like as much as governments can be 
do wrong things and be like validly criticized, they are also actually the only institution like we can have like participate in and make change. Like corporations are literally tyrannical. You know what I mean? Like they, they do whatever they want only for one motive. Yeah. Whereas at least yes, there's like governments that become corrupt or do bad things. But overall it's like, if we engage, we can make those changes and there that is, matter and, and help everyone. But it is obviously like scary because there's a chance that the governments don't have the power or ability to do that. Mm-hmm. We do live through climate destruction and like from like a pretty messed place, like the idea of the population declining or stabilizing at least in some ways will help with the climate crisis as the yeah, uh, yeah. actual demand for resources will decrease where we're at with how bad the destruction is, is going to rely on like right now for the like honestly next 20 years and whether like governments and people can actually like rein this thing in. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's like now I'm like, yeah, this is really intense. And no, governments, like, it, it, is, it is really intense. Like Governments <laughs> can make a difference and governments can regulate and affect corporations and affect extreme wealth and things like that. It just takes brave enough people to be willing to force them to. Yeah. And I think as the issue becomes more inflamed, they'll have no choice but to do that. Yeah. But right now we're kind of in that middle field where it's like, a lot of governments are still like have to work with corporations and there's nothing like inherently wrong with that. I think, but like it, as more and more people fall into like struggle, they're going to be like, how do we get out of this? And if, yeah. if your population isn't supporting you, it's just a lot of corporations are really good at blaming the government when it's like, they are the cause of so many of these issues. This like extreme wealth disparity like corporations suck up all that and then go like the government did it yeah right like whenever something goes wrong in any country it's like well it's the government's fault yeah and that's not to say governments don't make mistakes again but it's like that is and i've heard like noam chomsky talk a lot about this where he's like it's the massive corporate propaganda that has been happening for like decades and decades to literally exploit 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 and blame the government Hmm. so we just gotta like be aware of that and i think more and more young people are hyper aware of like corporations are often if not always evil yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm like when are they not i mean like a corporation can be like we have a corporation like, <laughs> <based on> science. <laughs> i don't think it's evil but i mean it is like it makes profit you know what i mean yeah like, so obviously there's like levels to corporations. I hope you don't think we're evil. Um, talking but, about climate change. Oh yeah. I well, have a study, but okay, he, go, 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 go. it was just about like, we were talking about population. I thought, what about populations of animals and plants and looked into something. So um, they're realizing that uh, like, obviously the ability for plants to survive climate change oh, is I read being this. negatively yeah. impacted because animal populations are being impacted. So like, being able to disperse uh, plant seeds is becoming harder and harder because there's like fewer birds, fewer animals. And to, for a plant to survive like these temperature changes, for example, they maybe need to like disperse their seeds yeah, farther. Like go right? further north. Go north. Oh, yeah. Right? And the seeds are coming a lot of the time with birds shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying like this uh, speed seed dispersal has like sharply declined um, because of animal and mammal losses. Um, the biggest declines are in the northern temperate regions rather hmm. than the tropics. So it's like in the extreme ends of the, like where we live basically. Um, yeah. What else? Loss of birds and mammals was found to have driven a 60% cut in plant species ability to track climate change. So plant hmm. species have to shift their range by hundreds of meters or even several kilometers a year to be able to thrive in a rapidly warming world. Yeah. So there's, there's like um, an article about like conservationists who are now like moving animals and moving plants like physically to help to like further north or further south to deal with climate change. It's like, that's really interesting. Cause it's like, we have the, uh, we do have the knowledge of science to actually help hmm. by physically moving the species of plants. So like that's like a good at least solution to that. Yeah, like partially, yeah. yeah. It's just whether you can really manually do that well enough, right? Like of yeah. course you can like help perpetuate it, but like but cons- the system, the earth has a system for yeah, like spreading no, seeds and spreading pollen and spreading like it's obviously being challenged in a way that it can't adapt fast enough. Yeah. And like you said, like the amount of bird diversity has dropped like so significantly and so many birds are like what transport seeds around yeah, this world. Right? Yeah. 
I know. Remember when we were like, we're going to do an episode about like the positivity of like what's going to change Oops. for climate change. Well, I'm like, no, we do need to do that because it's yeah. like this information. It's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, well, okay. But then no, the, like my, I was trying to make it be like, this is actually a good <laughs> thing that the population is declining, but I just feel sorry, like, sorry. I think I've been pessimistic. I'm sorry if this felt intense. No, you are, but like, it's fine. Like it is good to not be ignorant. And like, well, I also just feel overwhelmed because like I even feel ignorant. I'm like, I have these opinions, but I just like, don't know enough about it, but I want to be able to talk about it. But like, it feels so overwhelming to consider all the factors and to try and be somebody who's like, how can you take in what everyone's saying and like, what is the actual issue? Like, how do we find what is the actual solution stripped of like people wanting to blame this person or that person or these groups or that groups? Okay, well, the new study found that the decreased fertility rates, because again, these wealthy countries are the ones that are having decreased fertility rates, populations are declining. So by 2055, it will result in, de it will result in decreased emissions and per capita income increase of 10% per citizen around the world oh, I see. With because the, of the fact that yeah and another interesting part of that is that wealthy nations are the ones that are having the decreased fertility rates and they're the ones that produce the most co2 so like for example if you live in nigeria for every one american the amount of co2 that american makes in a year is 22 people in nigeria wow. so all these yeah. places that are growing in population it's like Aren't don't even the, bother trying to be like oh my god they're gonna be mm. like creating so much co2 it's like that's some some people have been trying to say that and then scientists are like zip that lip because mm -hmm. that's not an issue yeah. at all um but it is like to be less pessimistic it's like of course, people within these wealthy societies need to be looked after in order to allow immigration in. But these demographers are thinking population is going to stabilize or decline. That's good for the climate crisis. It's going to force the markets and corporations to deal with that mm -hmm. issue. If we can get people and politicians to not be xenophobic about immigrants, those wealthy countries, which do have the resources, can allow the people in who need to leave these overpopulated places like India, Pakistan, example, for example, and then it's like, of course, it's going to be a challenge as these populations shift. But there is a way that it can actually end up being a really good thing because mm -hmm. we're not going to just have exponential population growth mm -hmm. on a finite planet that's being destroyed by climate change. So it's kind of like, OK, that is a lot of people who are really smart think this is a good thing. Yeah, the population like, decline is a good, good thing. And I think that's why I actually wanted to talk about <laughs> it, because I'm like, it is interesting because I think people go the world in the future is so depressing and so sad and everyone's dead because the overpopulation, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like, wait, no, 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 no. It's actually not overpopulation. That's not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. So there, there's just, it's another opportunity. Like it's a light at the end of the tunnel for the climate crisis that this is going to happen while what you said, we do have to reel in the corporations and stuff, but mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, no, that's good. I'm sorry if I, I didn't try to be intense. I just, I feel like overwhelmed right now. But now I'm sort of feeling bad about. No, you don't like, feel bad know, because it's like, it being is. Being overwhelmed. It's not like good. I'm just like, was what ignorant. I was saying stupid or I don't know. If I don't know enough. No, that's fine. But that's, but you are really smart and it's like, okay to like challenge anything. Cause I'm I growing. Think, I'm no, but no, but what, no, but what you're saying was true. You can't just like have, um, like you have to, we have to take down corporations and you can't, <laughs> you can't just allow corporations to take all the money while having a society try and just like grow through immigration. Mm -hmm. Like you do have to figure out how to challenge it. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I always thought you were the more optimistic one but right now. I'm like, you're not. No, I think like, or like down, you I are, feel optimistic, but, but I fear, I'm for, sort of fearful of like the ways that it might have to get bad first. I think in yeah. in the end, I think like humanity will find its way, will find a way to like mitigate and adapt and all these things. But like, I guess I'm a little pessimistic about the potential like struggle that will ensue until that happens. Unless yeah. we're like making major strides soon and really understanding and getting everyone together. Cause you know, there is such intense political divides, at least like where we're from right now that it's like hard to even be like, are we on the same page here? Like, yeah. how do we, find like the evidence that we can all go this is real you know like this is the truth or at least the best best as we can tell and like let's make policy decisions based off of this together where we can all know we're like happy with that yeah. but if we just like there's so many arguments over what that even is and, and like, there's like so many distractions so many distractions yeah like yeah. i think that's like 
what men I find most menacing about the people on the right, because as you can probably tell, I'm not that, <laughs> is that it just feels like so often there's just so many distracting things happening that are like have yeah. nothing to do with climate I change. I'm gonna have say nothing something to do angry, with. and I'm gonna say fuck all the people that have been going to these like anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans protests all over Canada. And if you are associated with that, I think there's a lot of people being like, you're not understanding what the protests are actually about. We just want to make sure parents have like the right to like what their kids are doing in school. And it's like, it's not about that. That's literally like, it's like when a church pretends it's fucking queer friendly and it's not. And it's like on the surface, they're trying to make it about one thing when it is just, no. that's a perfect example of a distraction. Like if you are falling for that distraction, it's really sad because that is nothing like it's truly designed to get people to get the rich richer and the poor poorer. Mm, like it actually is like from the, like the issues that the tra- are actually yeah. hurt. Like there's so many people struggling in this world and in this country. And this is, that is not the issue that's going to help at all. And let alone for the fact it's just like harassing a minority group. It's harassing a, and that's a key word minority. Like, like we have to talk about, income inequality and climate change mm-hmm. which affects everyone which is why Not everyone's upset queer people you know I mean? there's people hardly are- any of us leave us alone <laughs> like it's so crazy like it is such a distraction you're right i can see where you went from distraction to that point yeah just like, like there are these so- things and then it like it sucks and it, it sucks because then like it. everyone it's like it's okay now it's like the freaking headline the on my news yeah. app and it's like it it's is disgusting yeah and it is like those are the kinds of things like there are many people who feed that flame because they know it is a distraction. And it's, it's truly, I actually think the trans debate, I'm so sick of everyone talking about it. I'm like, this is actually a distraction designed to get like the rich, richer and the poor, poorer mm-hmm. and to distract from the actual issues at hand. To literally say, crisis. oh, like the, that rich guy isn't the problem who literally like exploits people's labor and it's takes all insane. their money. It's, and it's, it's not blah, 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 where the fuck yeah, his name is exactly. actually record profits. No, it's literally that child who like is trans and yeah. we should all force our anger on and them. And it's like, like, this is a fucking nuanced conversation. Okay. And it's like, everyone just wants to have a black and white. And it is like, it is sick. And it is like, there's so many podcasters, so many people who feed into this. And it is just like, if you're spending your day worrying about this, it's like, it's just a really strong sign that you aren't paying attention. And it's like sad and it's working. And the other sad thing I think is also true is like, people didn't show up for like the climate march recently in high numbers. And it's like, well, a lot of queer people were like getting ready to go to this freaking, to protest the anti-LGBT like it takes mm. energy mm-hmm. you have to figure out what things you're trying to fight for yeah. as a queer person you're like this one's really obvious because it's, it's affecting me and yeah. it's immediate and it's like taking away my energy from like caring about like truly like wealth inequality and climate change which mm. we just you just ha- everyone has to accept is like the biggest issue right now yes. it's not let's focus on those people. issues ew that I is feel like that's so... where we like not to end on a wow angry note, you but... are in a good like oh my god <laughs> i was so excited sorry I no but it's thought good. this was gonna no, be positive. because we just need to rally people to care about these things the things yeah. that are actually existentially affecting humanity climate change and wealth inequality those are two amazing issues to focus on let's stop like fighting over the dumbest things in the world. Oh my God. If people let people just live, you know, Oh my God. If except for the rich, if someone like, yeah, (laughs) someone brings up like some trans argument with me today. Like I honestly, I'm like, I don't like flip a table. Like it is actually, and I'm, I'm like, I can't, this is maybe we have to. We're end, gonna. End like, I can't believe we are still talking about this. It's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Like Hawaii is just like burning to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like neighborhoods are like flooding, and then people are like, I don't even know what they're trying to say about trans people. Like the amount of like even us queer people like having to get together and be like, oh my brother said this thing. Mm. My like dad's friend said this thing, and it's like, oh my god, they're they're seeking us out, and then they're like making us feel so like like we're at we actually are having to still talk about this i can't i'm so sick of talking about it but we have to because they're doing a really good job yeah it's sick it's so sick i'm so angry at like all the people you know who they are the joe rogan's the people who have just like fed this flame for so long and now they're probably moved on to something else i don't know what the hell they're Mm. talking about now but they're just like they just got to come in fuck everything up and then be like we're actually like bipartisan. 
mm. or like we're so like libertarian like, libertar- like we're not about sides it's like do you understand how insane this is one-sided like mm-hmm. how this is insanely coming from people trying to distract people from literally getting together to figure out how to actually fix the climate crisis. I changed my mind. I have hope. I have hope. Okay, we're ending on that note. <laughs> that was so intense. Oh my God, now I'm so mad. Okay, no, no, that's hopefully. what I'm saying. No, there's hope. Lots of countries are starting to like, you know, especially Europe is really good at like making rules and helping to like hold companies accountable. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, but yeah. there is hope. There's a lot of grassroots movements. We are going to do an episode on like the positive like ways to think about climate change, how to yes, actually be involved. Yeah in a way that is like not harping on all the bad and actually just being like, how can people feel even like the thing you were saying about how birds aren't flying. It's like, I literally read a brilliant article about these amazing conservationists who are like, we get what's going on and we're going to start moving things and Mm, it could help. And it's like, okay, yeah, there are how to, what are all the positive things going on? And there is change happening. And like, there is so much change in our very own lifetime. We've seen so much, especially like even with queer rights and yes, yes, this is a blip. Hopefully it's just a blip. It's I know. And it's just like, and this, this trans thing, it's a freaking distraction. And if you are thinking about it, if someone's talking to you about it, you need to put your finger on the shh, shh, <laughs> let's talk about something else. Because mm-hmm. this is actually insane. Yeah. And the fact that you're spending time thinking about this. We're going in circles. We're going in circles. Fr- okay, yeah, okay. no, I can't. We I can't. You. I'm actually so pissed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, see you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.